Hi, everybody. This is John with Out of Character. Today, I wanted to talk about uh, magical items, which that's something that comes up a lot in D&D campaigns, and I think a lot of players, a lot of GMs at various levels, not struggle with it, but it's something you kind of have to think about. And um, I got some... I got some, I had some, a lot of thoughts about it, because I've been watching a lot of the Matt Mercer videos, and he was talking about that in his video on how to fix GM mistakes, and uh, I was actually talk, talking about that with a couple of... It was just something that I've been thinking about a lot, so I wanted to kind of jump in and share some of my thoughts. So, one thing that I will say, with me personally, for magic items, uh, I always kind of go by the idea of, like, a, a Bilbo Baggins experience, which is, you know, Bilbo gets... Bilbo and the company of Thor and Oakenshield, you know, encounter the trolls early on in their adventures, and uh, they go into the troll horde, and they find a bunch of treasure, which is, you know, always fun to give a party, and they find uh, magic swords, uh, you know, they find Glamdrang and Orcrist and Sting, which Bilbo carries, and, you know, Bilbo carries that sword, uses it to kill the spiders, and he gives it to Frodo years later, and it kills many orcs. I like the idea of giving players a, a very cool magical item early in the game. A lot of players will start with a magical item. If you haven't listened to the latest episode of the new campaign of Critical Role yet, there's a small spoiler here, so stop listening. Molly, I know his name is Molly Mock, but I'm just calling him Molly. Uh, has these cool magical swords that have some kind of ice powers we see him use in the first episode. And, um, you know, that's just an example of kind of the, the sort of thing that a, a low level character might get at the start of a campaign. You might say, like, my, a player might say, you know, my character has this magical insert thing here. And, you know, as long as the GM knows about it and everyone's cool with it, give, give them magical items up front is always kind of my, my thing. Cause like, at the beginning of a campaign, unless you're doing a high-level game, it tends to be like the players are still kind of like figuring out the personalities of their characters, and a lot of magical items kind of become part of that personality, you know? Bilbo having Sting is always kind of a cool example of this, because Bilbo was a very, you know, he never... It's one of the lines, you know, to carry a, a sword instead of a walking stick is, is kind of like his like lofty dream of adventure, you know? He's a guy who, when he goes out his door, he's not carrying a, a sword with him. He's carrying a walking stick because there's nothing dangerous in the Shire to threaten him. But then he's fighting those spiders with it, and, you know, he names it Sting at that moment. And that's kind of like his first big step towards, like, I'm I'm doing it. I'm becoming more than just a hobbit who reads about adventures. I'm having my own adventures. And giving players uh, magical items that help them on their path to whatever story they're telling is uh, a great tool. It's it's kind of one of those ways that you can be like, I wonder what would happen if we gave this player uh, a magical item that's you know not in their in their wheelhouse. There's magical items that will work well with almost any player. Like maybe your maybe one of your players is a you know the standard Goliath fighter, and you give him a belt of ogre a belt of dwarf strength or something along those lines. And that's fine. Enhan- giving players things that make their characters better able to do what they're clearly aimed at is you're giving them another way to go to help. But throwing something kind of weird into the mix can also maybe take that character in a different direction. Like, you know, like, oh, that ring of animal friendship that the barbarian picked up. Like, yeah, they might use it to try and, like, eat a bunch of animals. But maybe that's, like, you know, they they make friends with some some creatures or, you know, oh, you had a ring of invisibility. It's 
they're they're basically just tools you're giving your players, and that's that's it. You can think of it as you know something that you have to manage, but I tend to think of it as like they're helpful until they become a crutch that they're leaning on too much, and that's where we get into like. Matt Mercer talking about how to fix it when you've given people items that are too powerful. So, an example of something that's too powerful for, like, a level one game might be, like, let's take something really basic, like the Wand of Polymorph. This is an item that will allow the wielder to cast the spell Polymorph. doesn't sound that bad in and of itself, but, you know, if they're just polymorphing creatures that you're like, Okay, you're a level one campaign, you're going in and you're fighting snake cultists. Okay, along the way, there's this cultist who loves to turn people into snakes and then just basically keep them as pets until they, until they're about to turn back, then he just kills them. So he has, he's constantly turning people into snakes. That's creepy. And the party kills this guy and takes this staff and, you know, like, oh, I've got this cool staff of polymorph now i'm going to use it maybe you didn't plan for them to get that that comes up a lot there'll be uh players will think of a way to get a magical item and the most common thing i see gms do is like if they get a magical item like oh i have this cool ring and like oh it only works for worshipers of orcas because you don't you didn't want them to have that ring of teleportation or that wand or what have you i say let them have that stuff there's a better answer to that than saying no you can't have this item to me the better answer there is the same thing Matt Mercer had said, which is, have there be a drawback to the item? Maybe it's a cursed ring. Like, you put, like, this is like, well, yes, you can teleport, but when you reappear, you have taken on the guise of a tiefling. The person who you killed, that tiefling you killed, you took the ring off of, they didn't used to be a tiefling. They were transformed by this ring the same way you've been. That's an extreme example, but... That's the kind of thing that you could say, like, okay, the the items in this world have have drawbacks, um, and you can't, you know, it's like, okay, so if I take the ring off, you turn back to normal. So they're going to kind of be like, I don't want to, you know, maybe they want to be a tiefling, maybe they think that's cool direction for their character, or maybe their character's like, nope, nope, I'm a paladin, take the ring off, don't want that, that's, that's your, you can have that. I tend to think of a magical item as... What is the effect that is, you know, causing, causing problems? Uh, they generally, there's not too many that are like ruinous to a campaign. Uh, they, they just, they, they're kind of like, oh, this is going to make it really easy to get around certain obstacles that might come up. Like, okay, here's one. The robe of useful items. Uh, it's on page 195 in the Dungeon Master Guide. So this robe has cloth patches and various Shapes and colors, da 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 da. You can use an action to detach the patches, and it becomes an object. And then it's like, there's a dagger, there's a bullseye lantern, there's a mirror, there's a pole, hemp and rope, and a sack. So things that any player could get a hold of. Uh, and then the GM also gives additional patches with various cooler things that might come up. That's an example of something that I don't think I would say is too powerful to give. It's a wondrous item, so it's like some of the wondrous items are like, oh, you find an eb- you find a an onyx statue of a a dog, and it turns into a living you know dog that runs around and does stuff. Or you oh, you found this uh, you know the pearl seahorse that turns into a giant seahorse you can ride around like Aquaman. Now even those things are awesome, and I think every player is excited when they're like, I have a magic. Mount, or everyone wants like, uh, Drizzt's 
Panther or Guinevere, Guinevere, however you say the the thing's name, because um, it's cool. I mean, I remember reading the Icewind Dale trilogy and thinking that was the you know that was the first time I read one of the books that he appeared in, and it was just like the coolest thing. He has a statue that turns into a magic panther. That's badass and awesome. But if you're if you're thinking that like maybe something you gave the party might be too powerful, like that wand of polymorph we were talking about, there are ways to counter it without just doing a hard GM step and be like, no, 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 you can't have that. It, it breaks as soon as you pick it up. Um, I think that's kind of like a knee-jerk reaction you get because you're worried that it's going to derail things. There are some very powerful magical items that are in some of the games I'm running right now, and the players will are doing everything in their power to get their hands on them. And I've already thought, I'm like, well, if they get their hands on this thing, it's going to be interesting. We'll see what happens. Um, for those who don't know, if you're if you're not listening to the Lamplighters game, go listen to it because that's where the the biggest, most powerful magical item I've dealt with is. Again, if you if you feel like something's too powerful, ask yourself why do you feel that way. If you're like, well, they're just going around obstacles I'm setting up. That's that's not that the item's too powerful. It's that you the the players have a tool that you're not taking into account. Now, is it that you know they're just cruising through and they're bored? Then it's a problem. If they're having fun and, you know, they're still getting a challenge out of it, out of other parts of the game, then yeah, change it up. You know, if, if they're like, well, I have this magic statue that turns into a giant fly, we can just fly over chasms and things. The, the easy solution there is to, to, to kill the giant fly. Now, I would say a recurring villain would, I, I like recurring villains who actually think. And they're like, okay, I know these characters have this big fly that they're, they, they keep flying over. And causing me problems, so I've rigged up, you know, uh, anti-fly weaponry. I have giant toads just spread all over my fortress. I've employed bullywugs, and the fly will go nowhere near this place. That's an example of a way not to shut them down, but to say, okay, your magical item is not going to be effective in this circumstance. I do not believe in shutting players down purposefully and saying, like, well, because I know you have fire magic exclusively, I'm only going to put creatures in my campaign that have fire resistance, so you basically are doing, like, no damage, and you can't be effective, and you can't, you have to change because you're just, your fire spells are too powerful. Don't do that. It's not fun, and it's not good GMing. But back to the example of uh, of uh, magical items. So yeah, I'm a big fan of, of front-loading, you know, that first big hurrah, you know, maybe they saved town, maybe they fought a giant and they're rooting through the giant's, uh, you know, belongings. Give them some cool starting adventure gear, you know? If you, if you want to flip through the DMG guide and, like, pull out some stuff, there's a lot of great stuff in there. Um, read it through, think about it, and be like, you know, what would be useful? Uh, oh, a gem of scene. It gives you true sight. That's, you know, that's the kind of thing that might be definitely be useful to a party. For, like, if, if you're, if you're debating, like, what to give them, think about what they're good at, what, what weaknesses there are. If you have a party that has no rogues and no one who has any lock picking abilities, giving them a magic item that, like, undoes locks is gonna be useful. And they'll probably use it very, very quickly, cause they're gonna suddenly be like, we can open these locks, we can go into the mayor's house and, like, look and see if he's really working with the gnolls. That's the kind of thing that players might respond to when they suddenly, you've given them a door that they didn't have before. And that's one of the th- the cool things you get to do as the GM, is you get to say, like, 
uh, you're trying to fix this problem with a screwdriver, what you need is a hammer, here it is. Um, and remember, your job as a GM is to be a fan of the heroes and to try to help, not just be, you know, shut them down, throw up roadblocks. That's, that's no fun. They're just going to give up and, you know, go another way. If you do want to make your own magical items, I think that can be extraordinarily fun. Uh, I do it a lot for various games I've run, and it's, you know, it's enjoyable, and it gives the game a more kind of unique feel, because it's not just like, whoa, well, I've got this sword that I've had in another game, or what have you. Magical items are fun. What I like to do is kind of do what I call the magical item sandwich, where it's like, you have one little effect, one big effect, and one little effect. So if we take, like, Bilbo's, you know, magic sword, uh, we take Bilbo's, you know, sword sting, for example, it's like, okay, so it's a, an elven sword, elven short sword. You know, maybe the little effect is, okay, this sword will never need to be sharpened. It sat in a troll hold for years. Uh, no one's really been taking care of it. It, it, it will not rust. It will not wear. And it's, it's handy in that way. You don't have to, like, keep it up, keep up with it. That's a little effect. It's the kind of thing that a, a, a player might, you know, like, well, this sword fell in the river and rusted. Your sword never will. Uh, a big thing for something like that. The biggest thing with Sting is it glows when there are orcs or goblins near it. So let's say that's your big effect. Now, that's not a huge thing, but it's handy if you're like, I have my sword out. It's glowing. That's the kind of thing that the players might come back to. Like, you have the magic sword that glows when a goblin is near we're going into this cave, take your sword out so we'll know if the goblins are around. That's an effect. A big effect doesn't have to be super, super powerful. It just has to be something that they can come back to a lot and rely on. The other small thing might be uh, it gives you a plus one to your attack and damage. So again, not a huge effect, but handy and useful. That would be kind of how I would approach doing, doing uh, magical items. Small thing, big thing, little thing. Try to give it like three abilities or three features. Um, sentient items, which are magical items, of course, that have their own personality. I always tend to think that they're, they're more of a big deal because there's this personality and it's driving them. I would step them up. I, you don't want to give them just like very minimal little like, oh yeah, you'll never, magical items like that usually are gonna be super powerful. As a rule, I would not have more than one sentient item in a campaign that I was running. The reason for that is you have to roleplay it. You have to keep its story going. If you're running a small party, it's easier to do that. If you're running a big party of like seven, eight players, that's just too many things to keep running along, especially because so many of those items communicate telepathically. So they're only talking to one player. So you have to kind of like put everyone else on hold to have this back and forth between the sword. So if you follow the approach I said, which is to give everyone a bunch of magic, uh, uh, you know, give everyone magical items up front, I tend to like, here's a big pile of magical items, let them figure it out. And because a lot of times it seems like players forget what they have. I'm not saying like give someone a belt of water breathing and then immediately you know, throw in the water so they remember to use it. Maybe that thing that they got way back when, you know, in that cave, you have this belt of air walking, and you don't know what it is. You never bothered to ask anyone about it. You never tried to use it. You're a barbarian. You're like, it's a cool belt. I wear it because I, you know, that acid melted my belt. They've carried it with you for, you know, the last year and a half in game, and 
you get thrown off this cliff by these Kenku that abducted you, and they're just like, throw the barbarian off the cliff. Get him, get him out of here. Fallen, and the party is watching from the bushes. They were going to jump out and save you, and they're like, this is it. He's dead. We cannot get to him. We're, we're, that's, that's the end of your character. You're getting ready to hand your, your character sheet in, and all of a sudden you realize you're not falling. You're standing on the edge of this cliff, just like, kind of like, cringing, like, waiting for the fall. The GM knew you had this all along, and, you know, Maybe ne- never hinted, never said, uh, you know, you, but now you have this cool belt that you can just be so proud of as a player, but I have a belt of air walking and you can just, you know, abuse that. Um, maybe you have a magical staircase, you know, that's like, the, so basically I have this toothpick that when I throw it, it turns into a 12 foot staircase for five, for, for five minutes and I can like recall and I can make it disappear and, you know, collapse back into a toothpick. Any of those things have the potential for rampant abuse, but they're great fun. They're things that, you know, you you should give the players a chance to kind of figure them out. Uh, think about what the party is good at, think about what the party is bad at, and put magical items in their path, and have them feel like an actual reward. You know, healing potions are like, you, you find a healing potion. Now, that's cool. I will drink this the next time something hits me in the face. And think of you, GM. You know, yeah, if you break into an alchemist lab and you're like, oh, there's, you know, a potion of giant strength and a potion of healing and a potion of water breathing. Players are generally just like, grab it like they're, you know, running into a 7-Eleven and they're just, you know, we're gaming in 20 minutes. Grab everything you can and let's go. Give them cool items that, you know, you would enjoy having as a player. Don't be like super stingy with your magical items. There is one exception to that. If you're doing a, a world where magic is extraordinarily rare, like you're doing a very low magic setting, first off, you should talk about your players with that before your game's begun because, you know, that's going to matter in their character classes. But if you're going to do that, I still say give them a magical item early on and make it a really cool one early on. Um, make it something that is worth, it's like, this is probably the only magical item you're ever going to get. That's where you need to break out really useful items that will carry them through the game. You know, Bilbo having his cool sting, he also gets, you know, a ring of power, which, you know, the ring of invisibility, you know, and, uh, you know, or you have like the elven cloak that makes you kind of blend in with the, the landscape more easily. Magical items are a, a big part of most fantasy games, especially D&D. They're just, they're, they're intrinsically part of it. And I think, like, some GMs will get nervous about, like, well, if I give you this ring of x-ray vision, it's going to give you too much power. It, it, they're, they're just tools. If you find that an item is kind of, uh, of uh, ruining the game for the players, if you see that they're kind of, the other players are getting annoyed with this magical item, there are ways to take it out. There are ways to lessen the power of it. You can, I always advise, you know, talking to the player and being like, look, I know you really like that axe I gave you. You can either try to have them lose the item. Uh, one surefire way I have found to make a player hate. One, one way to make your players absolutely hate an NPC. In one game I ran, there was this insectoid wizard who, the first time he ever met the party, they had stolen a ship. They had been interfering with his plans. They didn't know these were his plans. He came aboard, grabbed one of their weapons, basically, and broke it and threw it into the ocean. They hated this guy. They loved to hate this character for the rest of that campaign. He was like, always, you broke my sword. 
Now, don't just be like, you came aboard and broke your sword. Roll for it. And, you know, things aligned in such a way that that's what happened. That wasn't even a situation where I hated that, where that, that item was dangerous or causing trouble. I was just like, yeah, he broke your sword because you were trying to stab him with it. And he doesn't like that. Taking away magical items should feel like a big deal. And I think giving them to the players early on and giving them that little spark of personality and uniqueness will make them care. If you get captured and you get locked up and it's like, well, they have all your stuff, you, you, I, whenever that happens to me, I always kind of feel like a pang of like, but it's, that's, that's, that's my axe of, you know, giant's pain. I used it to kill a hill giant and then I took his, his stuff. It was, it's been with, it's like you've lost a part of that character and you're like, I have to get my axe back. Magic items are kind of like the uh, the other member of the party that no one ever talks about. That's always at the table, and uh, I I think that they're they're sometimes overlooked. It can be one of the most fun things to have just like cool magical items. I tried to give the players in the Lamplighters game a magical carpet because I was like it'd be really cool for them to have a magic carpet, and they didn't pick it up. They picked up all these other cool magical items in that game recently, and they didn't pick up the magic carpet. So. There will be no magic carpet in our Lamplighters game for the time being. Probably never. I, I don't think that's something I'm going to throw at them more than once. But yeah, th- those are just some random thoughts I had about magic items. I'm sorry if this is rambling or boring for anyone. Uh, we will have more actual play stuff for you soon. Play more games and be safe. Bye, everybody!